Alcohol Tipping Point is brought to you in partnership with Speak Studios and Speak Boise. Speak Boise is a community-driven studio space where voices from all walks of life can speak and be heard. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Studios, Speak Boise, and at their website, speakstudios.com. Speak Studios, speak and be heard. This podcast is also brought to you by Instant Imprints. Promote better with Instant Imprints. Instant Imprints are Boise's visual communications experts and your place for everything you need to promote your business, club, school, or group. As a locally owned business, Instant Imprints specializes in making your organization more visible with custom branded apparel, embroidery, promotional items, print services, and wide format printing for signs, as well as banners and vehicle graphics. Want better ways to get noticed? Visit Instant Imprints at instantimprints.com slash Boise or call 208-IMPRINT. That's 208-467-7468. Attention Idaho and California residents. If you're shopping for a mortgage, contact PacFi, a mortgage brokerage with the top wholesale lenders in the nation. They are committed to simplifying the mortgage process, saving you time and money. Call 858 858- 442-7048 or visit pacfi.com. NMLS number 1462943, Equal Housing Lender. Hello and welcome back to the Alcohol Tipping Point podcast. I'm so glad that you are listening today. Um, today on the show, we have Kirsten Walker from Sober Brown Girls. Super excited to have you here, Kirsten. Can um, Well, first, I never asked you, where are you calling in from? I am calling from Chesterfield, Virginia. A um, little bit outside of Richmond, Virginia. It's so good to be here, too, by the way. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. So you're from the South. I am. Okay, I am. cool. Well, tell me a little bit um, about uh, who you are. I did a real brief introduction, um, but just who you are and what you do. Sure. So Kirsten Walker, I am just actually turned 40 years old. Oh, happy so birthday. So just kind of crossed over that. Thank you so much. I, um, like I said, here in Chesterfield, Virginia, married for almost, um, I believe we're about to hit 17. I, I feel bad because I don't know it right <laughs> off the bat. It's, once you get to a certain point in marriage, you just kind of don't know. <laughs> but I think we're about to hit 17 years. Um, two teenagers. I have a 15-year-old and an 18-year-old and three dogs. Um, I actually am a buyer for an electric company. And then on the side, I manage um, Sober Brown Girls, which we're at SoberBrownGirls.com and Sober Brown Girls on Instagram. And it's just a community that just kind of illuminates and just puts out there that there are sober brown girls out there. We do also um, have issues with alcohol as black women and we do recover. So it's just a platform to share my experience and then to highlight 
other sober brown girls that are out there. Um, and then we've also got a little community of sober brown girls on Facebook. So that is the gist of who I am and, and what I do. Yeah. Well, let's we'll get more into sober brown girls and why you started yeah. it. Um, but first, I just wanted to hear about your experience with alcohol. Yeah. So my experience, um, it kind of started out a little late, I would consider. Uh, you know, as a as a college student, I kind of, you know, drank on the weekends. But really, my drinking kind of sped up later on in life. Uh, I would say probably around probably the last eight years is when it got kind of out of control. And that's the thing with alcohol is, you know, you can manage it until for some of us, we can't manage it anymore. And it started off with an occasional wine on the weekend. And then I started using alcohol as a way to deal with depression and anxiety, um, especially social anxiety. Uh, And I just started using alcohol as a coping as a a coping tool. And that's when things just kind of got way out of control to the point of, you know, drinking almost a bottle, a bottle and a half of wine a night, and maybe sometimes adding vodka on top of that. And it just kind of just spiraled out of control, out of nowhere, it just seemed like for me. And that's where, you know, the issues began. So yeah, a lot later, kind of in life and it's just one of those cautionary tales of how alcohol can kind of snatch us up you know out of nowhere and it doesn't discriminate it doesn't care how old you are it's just the nature of the beast yeah I I was actually talking to a social worker who um, works at an inpatient rehab but he was saying that there were a lot of people coming in post-retirement who Mm. were developing alcohol problems. So definitely. So yours was later in life. um, Yeah. And because it it sounds like you were just a quote unquote ordinary social drinker. And yeah. mm -hmm. And then just you started to use it just to manage your your pain of anxiety and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So then what happened when you realize like, whoo, this is too much. Like, how did you stop drinking? What was that journey like? So about six months before I stopped, I actually began my my journey January the 29th of 2020. And I would say about six months prior to that, I just really started to start feeling the ramifications of the amount of alcohol that I was drinking. Started waking up every morning, just feeling just a sense of dread and just physical pain. My joints would start to hurt and it would just be so hard for me to get up and start functioning. And I would start actually just being so frustrated with myself almost every morning. I remember just rolling over in bed and saying, you did it again. You did it again. Here we are again. Mm -hmm. And so I just really started to take note of that about six months before I quit. But what really put me over the edge was I actually had to take my mother to a medical outpatient appointment. And the night before, I drank and drank and drank because in my mind, all I thought was you don't have to go to work the next day. You just have to get her 
for her appointment. You don't really have anything to do other than that. And I did have something important to do. I had to get her somewhere and I could barely get up and function and get her to where she needed to be. I mean, we barely made it. And that really scared me. I started really thinking about what would happen if this was, wasn't something that was scheduled. What would happen if this was an emergency and you weren't able to get up and function and do what you needed to do, not just as a daughter, but as a mother, as a wife, you know, what would that look like? And that's what really scared me into beginning my sober journey. Yeah, I totally, I, I mean, and probably you were still intoxicated while you were driving and. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've had that where my daughter fell and hit her head on the back of the headboard and had to go into the ER and get stitches and I had to yeah. drive her in I'd been drinking like this was years ago but yeah it's scary yeah. very yeah. scary yeah. so you had that yeah. and then what what sort of things helped you quit so I, I immediately when we got to the hospital, I was like you said, I was still intoxicated, you know, but while she was waiting, I just started downloading Quitlet. I just started mm, downloading mm-hmm. books. Um, I just started looking online about what um, problematic drinking, what it looks like, you know, wh- where did I fit into, into the grand scheme of things? Because in my mind, all I thought was either you're an alcoholic or you're not an alcoholic. And so I didn't realize that, you know, what that gray area was. And so I started, just started sitting there and I started doing research. Um, So really reading Quitlet really helped me in the initial days. A lot of podcasts really helped me. And then really involving myself and embracing the sober community on Instagram. I had no idea how big it was. And when I went on and I started finding these other women, these other mothers, these other wives that were experiencing the same thing that I was experiencing, um, it really kind of changed the game for me. And, you know, those are the tools that I initially really started using. Yeah. And did it, did it, it sounds like you had that at six months and then, your, it, I guess it sounds like you you went through the process really quick of giving up alcohol. Or did you just yeah. go cold turkey and then you were done, or like what was that journey like? I was just initially I was just done. We still had alcohol in the house, mm-hmm. and initially I was just kind of telling myself, okay, take thirty days to not drink. And then, you know, within a week or so, I kind of had another drink. So I said, okay, this is something bigger than just, it's going to have to be something bigger than just a 30-day fast, you know, from drinking. You're going to have to really take this seriously. Um, And so within that next month, I started involving family. I started, you know, really involving my husband and really telling him, what it was that I was feeling, what it was I was experiencing and what my goals were. And that one of those, you know, what it looked like is that alcohol was not going to be able to be part of my life anymore. I wasn't going to be able to just give it up for 30 days. And then after that, just kind of moderate, like moderation just wasn't going to work for me. It was either or it was keep it in my life or remove it from my life. And so over that next month, you know, we just started kind of getting rid of the alcohol in the house. My husband decided, well, you know, he was kind of a social drinker. 
but he didn't really like the fact that he was drinking as much as he was drinking either. He didn't really see it as being as problematic as, as I saw it. But at that point, he said to himself as well, I, you know, if you're not drinking, then I'm not drinking either. And so we kind of just started just kind of removing it from our life and just kind of changing our lifestyle to just being non-drinkers. And I think that like you're, you sharing this and how it was for you is so helpful because it's, it's not like you hit rock bottom. It's not like right. you were, you know, had this problem for years. I mean, you realize like, wow, this, this isn't the way I want to live my life. And Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and you and your husband, like for you guys, it just seemed like a, an easier decision, like a health decision, a well-being decision. Yeah. 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 And, and it was really, it really scared me that I was, that how my relationship with alcohol, how it changed from being something social mm-hmm. to being something that I needed to deal with anxiety and depression. And that kind of scared me. And I didn't want to continue to live that way. Yeah. And and so then when did you start Sober Brown Girls? So I started Sober Brown Girls a little bit after I talked with my husband about what my relationship with alcohol was going to look like. Because at that point, I had told kind of my partner, my best friend, you know, what alcohol and I, what our relationship had turned into and that the fact that I didn't want to drink anymore, I wanted to tell other people. So I went kind of, you know, on Instagram and found this community, but I just realized and just started looking around and I was like, not a lot of, I'm so glad that I found these women and I found, you know, these different experiences on Instagram, but I'm not seeing a lot of women that look like me. And so that's what prompted me to start Sober Brown Girls because I knew that that I wasn't alone. I knew that there were other brown black women out there that were probably experiencing the same thing that I was experiencing, but I wanted to just put a face out there as another sober black woman that's out there in the world as well because I wanted, I know that representation matters. And I knew that if I just, tossed you know my name in the hat as well that maybe this would help other black and brown women who are also struggling with their relationship with alcohol yeah and and what has the response been it's been amazing it's been there you know this is one of the best things that I ever could have done because not only do you know I lend a a hoping hand to other women as they struggle with their relationship with alcohol, but I gain so much support and love and it helps me in my own journey. And it's just been a wonderful reception of the account, not just from black and brown women, but women of all races, all shapes, all backgrounds have embraced me. And so it's really turned into this, this sisterhood and it's just been an amazing experience. Yeah. Well, can you speak a bit more to um, representation mattering and, and just how it's might be different and, and what what's important, you know, seeing other people, seeing other brown women, seeing other people like you? Yeah, I, I think in our community it's just, you know, alcohol um, or problematic drinking is just not talked about. Mm-hmm enough. Um, and so that was really important to me to kind of 
kind of step out there and put my story out there because I want this to be a topic that isn't taboo. I want us to discuss this. I want us to really look at how alcohol affects us and our communities. And so it was really important for me to kind of put it out there and, and kind of highlight the stigma that's out there because the more that we talk about it, the less we, you know, the less it's stigmatized. And so that's why it was really important for me to start the community. Yeah. And, and what do you think is different um, with the brown or black community versus like white women and how how we kind of portray both problems with alcohol and drinking? Yeah, I, I think a lot of times in the black community, you know, we kind of go with the saying, um, you know, what happens in the house stays in the house. Mm-hmm. And that's that's been you know, for generation after generation, you know, we've kind of been entrenched with that thought process. And so, you know, it's really important for us to speak up. It's really important for us to, to really speak up and really um, put a, a, a voice, you know, to name the problem, to really put it out there, to not think of alcohol as just, just something that has to be part of our lives because it doesn't, it doesn't have to be. Um, we can. There are other ways that we can really live and thrive. And so it was really important for me to, you know, to highlight that. Yeah, so important and so needed. Um, so switching gears a little bit, what what would you say are your top tips for anyone looking to change their relationship with alcohol? I would say first and foremost to be proud of yourself for even questioning your relationship with alcohol. Alcohol is so socially acceptable, so readily available. I mean, you can order groceries and get wine delivered right to your right to your home. Um, so just to be proud of yourself for even questioning your relationship with alcohol. Um, I would also say it's very important to just take it one day at a time. Um, and, and not to put a whole lot of pressure on yourself. One of my big tips that I tell people is if you're going to remove alcohol from your life, just take your time and let that be your main priority. Um, a lot of times people think, okay, I removed alcohol from my life. Now I've got to get on this fitness journey and I've got to quit sugar and I've got to do all these different things. And I just say, just focus on one thing at a time and the other things will fall into place. So those are really my top tips. Yeah, totally. That one day at a time and and this is not your time to diet <laughs> do anything right, drastic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just be kind to yourself. Yeah, definitely. Well, how has your life changed since going alcohol free? Um, it's just changed so much for the better. Physically, I feel more aligned with myself. I really can, um, I really can sense what I need when I need something. Do I need a day of self-care? Do I need to just take a nap? You know, what is it that I need right now? And so I really look at those things really head on and just give myself exactly what I need. It's also, afforded me the ability to ask for the things that I need. So, you know, I'm very, I'm more open and honest with, you know, my husband as far as, 
you know, do I need additional help? You know, especially with my kids, you know, I've given them more responsibility. It's really helped to take a lot of pressure off of myself. It really also helped me to really look at my anxiety and my depression and really see what I need to really feel better. That's therapy, that's medication, all those things, you know, I really got into and I feel so much better for really looking at my health and looking at what exactly is it that I need. Um, so those are really the, the things that have really changed for me. I'm not, you know, that mom that's yelling all the time or that is angry, you know, all the time, you know, really open and honest with my kids. We have so many better conversations and interactions. And so it's just made a world of difference for us as a family. Yeah. What, what do you, I have seen, well, I don't uh, quite, I have a 12 year old and a 14 year old and yeah. Um, what do you talk to your kids about in regards to alcohol and their lives? Yeah. I really highlight that just because, you know, you're going to turn 21 one day, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to drink, you know, alcohol does not have to be the center of your life. I know it's out there. I know it's readily available, but you don't have to invite it into your life. You know, we really have open and honest discussions of how alcohol affected me um, and how it can be a slippery slope. So, you know, we really have those open and honest conversations now. Well, it's probably been really eye-opening for them to just see you and your husband go through changing your daily drinking habits and and just becoming non-drinkers. Yeah, and it's really important to me that they understand that there are other coping Mm -hmm. um, ways of coping that you can turn to other than alcohol. Because it, it can it can quickly turn from just occasionally drinking on the weekends to something that's really problematic. So I really want them to see that I'm human, you know, that I struggle. I've struggled with something. I will struggle with other things. But we can always overcome those struggles. Yeah, what a great role model and great mom you are. Thank you. And a gift, a gift to you, your family, and your, yeah, fantastic. And the community, you're just all about giving. Well, what are your plans for the future? You know, my plans for the future are just to continue to just be an advocate for the sober community, for sober brown and black girls, to just continue to just put myself out there and share my story because I know that by sharing my story, it's going to help, you know, someone else out there. So, you know, just continue to use my voice, continue to grow my blog, continue to just put myself out there and just, you know, be a beacon of hope for others that we can overcome this. Um, And that, you know, what, you know, I just want to continue to, share my story on gray area drinking because that was something that was just so new to me. And so I just want to continue to just share my truth and share my story with others out there. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, thank you. Is there anything I should have asked you, but didn't? Wow. I can't think of anything. (laughs) 
I really can't. Yeah, I I just amazing. think you have such a a powerful message and and being an advocate um for sober brown girls I think is is so important and so it's great to have people like you out there. Um Thank remind you. us remind everyone listening how they can find you. Sure. So on Instagram you can find me at, at sober brown girls. Um, you can also follow me on my blog um, at soberbrowngirls.com. So definitely pop on over and check out some of the the articles and blogs that I've written, um, and that would be amazing. Yeah, and I I have been checking that out. I love your website, and you Thank are you. inclusive of all people too. Just Thank you so much. Thank you. That's really important to me. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, Kirsten, have a wonderful day. Thank you for so much for being on Alcohol Tipping Point. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Alcohol Tipping Point. I'm always here for you guys, so please feel free to reach out and talk to me on Instagram at Alcohol Tipping Point and check out my website, alcoholtippingpoint.com. Again, I hope you can use these tips we talked about for the rest of your week. And until then, see you next time.